Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to Creative Habits Podcast, a platform for creators made by creatives. How are you doing today, my love? I'm well. How are you? I can't complain. So today's topic, what is it? Imagine you wake up and how you pronounce words suddenly sounds completely different, almost foreign from the last time you spoke. For example, your American English accent sounds African. This might seem bizarre, but it's a rare motor speech disorder aptly called foreign accent syndrome. Today's episode is going to be all about foreign accent syndrome, something that many people might not be familiar with. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic, and it can be helpful for those who are trying to learn a new language. For those of you who don't know, foreign accent syndrome is a rare condition that occurs after a person suffers a brain injury or an illness and can cause them to speak in a foreign accent or a language. It's actually quite surprising. These people can suddenly start talking as if they're speaking an entirely different language, even though they never actually studied or spoken it before. Right. And while it's rare, it's a really fascinating phenomenon that has been studied and documented in scientific literature and research. In fact, there has been several cases of people who have developed foreign accent syndrome, and some of the most notable ones made headlines all over the world. Yes, like the case of the American woman who suffered a head injury and woke up with an Irish accent, or the man who had a stroke and began speaking fluent Mandarin, even though he had only learned the basic phrases. An American man developed an Irish accent, Following treatment for metastatic prostate cancer, the man was in his 50s and had never been to Ireland. The accent was described as uncontrolled, meaning the man couldn't stop talking with an Irish brogue, even if he tried. He continued speaking this way until his death. This is the first time a person has developed foreign accent syndrome linked to a prostate cancer diagnosis, and it is only the third case of foreign accent syndrome linked to cancer. The others were breast cancer and brain cancer. So what causes foreign uh, this syndrome? Studies have shown that when parts of the brain that are involved in language are damaged, it can cause the brain to um, reorganize itself and adapt to new forms of communication. It's also been suggested that this is due to the brain's sensory regions being rewired after an injury or illness, leading to a completely different way of processing language. While rare, foreign accent syndrome is a real condition, and it's important to understand that it's not something that can be controlled. But it does raise some interesting questions about how the brain processes language and how this might open up new avenues for language learning in the future. Only about 100 people have been diagnosed with this condition since the first case came to light in 1907. In fact, there's been some recent research that suggests that even without a brain injury, 
people can still develop traits of foreign accent syndrome when learning a new language. In a study done by scientists from the University of Chicago, it was shown that people who are fluent in two languages sometimes exhibit distinct cognitive and behavioral characteristics depending on which language they're speaking. That's really interesting. It suggests that when you learn a new language, you're not just learning a new way to communicate, but you're also potentially rewiring your brain to process information in a new way. Which is another reason why learning a new language is such a valuable skill. It can help you think in new ways and see the world from a different perspective. Yes, and it's something that everyone should try at least once in their life. Absolutely. Well, we hope you guys can uh, found this episode informative and fascinating. If you want to learn more about foreign language syndrome, we've included some links and uh, links to the articles and research in the show notes. Yeah, most definitely. So what are your thoughts about foreign accent syndrome? I think it's weird. I think a lot of... Um, this is just my theory, like... What if all the languages in the world are already, like, um, downloaded in our brain when we're, like, young? And depending on where we are in the world, that's when we, um, I guess, learn how to use that language. That's a good theory. Um, Prior to it saying that the first case was in 1907, I was thinking maybe that people inherit foreign accent syndrome from being exposed to television or music or you know anything they've seen in their past that may have influenced or triggered something in their brains Mm -hmm. to rewire and retain that information i'm not sure it's really interesting don't you think the brain is a very peculiar computer right Mm -hmm. um when i was younger before i can like I think I was around like Wami's age or, you know, our, our son's age. And my mother told me I was, used to watch like a lot of like um, Spanish TV, like Telemundo and um, baseball. Um, Shows that just were like translated. It wasn't translated. It was just all Spanish. And I would sit there for hours and watch like I knew what they were talking about. But I like I couldn't speak Spanish, but I was so interested. Like she was like, oh. It's, like, hard to explain. Like, I was watching it, and I understood what was going on, but I was too young to, like, speak it yet. Well, I I wasn't, I didn't have anybody in the household who spoke Spanish like that. Did you know that children are more receptive to receiving, like, information, Mm -hmm. especially language? So, um, there were a couple of studies done um, on children who speak multiple languages, but they retain a lot of that information when they're younger. Also, like, if you're learning a new language, they say it's easier for you to grasp the knowledge or, like, the language early on as opposed to when you're older because you just, you kind of, like, suck everything like a sponge Mm -hmm. and learn that information. But I can tell you from my experience, when I was a kid, I spoke two two languages Mm. um, fluently. But I also, what was fascinating, what was happening is that you know how you kind of think and you're thinking in English? Yeah. I would think in two different languages. So if I didn't have the word for one thing in that language, I'd use, like, replace it with the other. But what your brain starts to do when it's juggling two different languages or multiple languages, it's, it's exercising that brain. Mm. We're training that brain to receive other things. 
So when I was in um, elementary school, I was able to learn Kiswahili mm -hmm. at school. But the interesting thing about Kiswahili is it's also a Bounty language like Shona. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the words that we have in Shona also are in Kiswahili. Or like one letter can be off. Like um, for us, Murungu, which is Oi person. Mm -hmm. In Kiswahili, it's Muzungu. For so, uh, our listeners mm -hmm. don't know what Shona is, where is... Um which um, country does Shona? Oh, it's a language spoken in Zimbabwe. Okay. One of many languages. Yeah, yeah. But um, it derives from the Bantu language, which is also what Kiswahili was. Mm. So it was so easy for me to pick it up because I already had that familiarity of yeah. knowing like how Bantu languages work or like A-E-I-O-U in a Bantu language is A-E-I-O-U. <laughs> so. That's, that's kind of similar to... Um, like Spanish, English, German, uh, Italian. Mm -hmm. A lot of those European languages stem from Latin. Right. So there's a similar thing, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a similar thing that kind of creates a common thread for those African languages in that region. Mm -hmm. However, in high school, then I was also implementing French, mm -hmm. but I didn't know anything about French. However, I was able to pick it up quickly mm -hmm. because I already had experience speaking different languages. Mm. But now I'm at a point where it's like, I'm not even fluent in Shona anymore. So I don't even think anymore in multiple languages. We gotta because change I didn't that. exercise or yeah. train my brain to maintain that rhythm or maintain that. I think it's important for you to um, brush up on your Shona and teach Junior. Both of you. Yeah. I think it's important for all of us to have mm -hmm. be learning. Only thing about Shona it's like so many letters in, in, in a word like. No it really isn't. It's more um, it's more it's a lot more simpler than you mm. think it is. But you have to be able to be open-minded in your brain to learning something new. Yeah. So everything that we're taught is going to be kind of upside down. Or where we don't have gender in our language. Mm. We don't have, well, he, she, you know, like she type of thing. So it's mm. like you kind of, uh, it, you'll, you'll understand, you'll start to understand. Is it kind of like this. Spanish where it's like, uh, you say, what is it? I guess the noun before everything else, uh, Philip, my name is, or, um, no, no, no. So for us, it's like, if I were to say my name is Handy, I would say, Ndinonzi Handy Rupi. But it's, I am called, it's not my name is. Oh, okay. So there's certain, there's certain things that I can't even say there's a word for in English because the context is different. So if mm. I say Iwe, Iwe can mean six different things. It may mean you, it may mean stop, it may mean like a whole bunch of different things. Mm. But it's an exclamation of like Iwe, like you or hey or stop. It's like, um, what would be a clever I think I think just to piggyback yeah. on what you're saying, a lot of like, you know, Africans in the diaspora have the same type of thing. Like here in the DMV, we say... Um, Alright. Mm -hmm. It's in the English language it's all right. But Yes. We say I it's like um it lifts in the middle and it comes down like, Hey yo, you alright? You alright? Or um you could say it's like a greeting, it's like a noun, mm -hmm. it's like a verb, like you can use I in so many different contexts. Mm -hmm. Or if um you could say, Hey yo, you you good? Like 
And then good may mean several different things. Exactly. exactly. That's the same yeah. thing. So um, I do believe that I inherited African-American vernacular language mm. just from being like with you for so long, but mm. also in this country for so long. So I do believe that I speak, I don't want to like brag, but I speak more than one language. I don't, I'm not, you know, bilingual, I'm trilingual because yeah. I also speak Ebonics, yeah. you know, and that's a whole different language. If you're not of the African American culture or in an environment with predominantly African American people, you're not going to understand that lingual. You're not going to understand that exactly um, language. But even if you yourself were to go to like Atlanta, are you going to understand their language, yeah. their vernacular language? I mean, it, I mean, it's all English per se, but it's a different way of speaking English, right? It's just yeah. like. To me, it's just like code switching. Like I can, in African American language, we could say I speak. Um, I can speak um, interview language. Like if you're going to a job, you have to mm-hmm. code switch and speak a certain way to, to get it's that job. So I can speak interview language. I can speak, you know, if I'm in my neighborhood, I can speak that language. If I'm right. around family, I can speak that language. If I'm around just you and, and, and the kid, I can mm-hmm. speak that language. Like, even though we're speaking English, it's still bilingual in a, in a sense because you have to, like, adapt to your environment. Your environment, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I find fascinating, though, right? Because sometimes even though you're adapting to your environment, you can get judged for how you're speaking. Right even though it's what you know or what you're familiar with or you're relating to the people within your community. So, I don't know. Maybe I speak different when we're in London. I don't know. I think the longer you stay in a place or the longer you visit the place, you adapt those those mannerisms and how people speak and how people, um, you know, communicate with each other. You know, because I felt like when we went to New York, like those mannerisms of listening to people from New York talk, like that kind of like washed over me, and I started speaking right. like that. But I mean, even as humans, we like to blend in, right? So obviously, if you're at a place for a long time, then you start to inherit those things. I don't know if it's blended in. I think it's like kind of like um, not even assimilating. It's just like you just adapt to it because you want to be able to relate and communicate with somebody. Right, but that's what I'm saying. You kind of have to like do as they do right. so that you can kind of have a, an easier experience. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think that anyone's going to like be able to live in a certain space without... In, like, I never had an American accent. Let's talk mm. about that. I, de- I definitely had a different accent than I do now. I've had several accents in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, you, sometimes you you sound like you um want a a scone and and some tea or something, <laughs> a biscuit, <laughs> some tea. What'd you say when I'm angry at you? Then my accent changes. Yeah, when you're angry, your accent changes at least about four or five times. Oh, down. In one in one sentence. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, and it's like I sometimes I don't intentionally know that it's happening and then others I do mm. so I know that my reading voice kind of has a little bit of a twang you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like yeah. but that's how I was taught to read in school before I came here like yeah. you have to oh you know like oh. <laughs> it's just it's just really weird how the brain works and how we um react to our environment right because in order to 
I don't know if this is true, but in order to speak another language, you have to have access or be um, exposed to that language, right? So if somebody hits their head in the car wreck and they were fluent in English and all of a sudden they speak Japanese, like, does that mean in your life did you, were you like watching like anime or something or like Japanese movies or yeah if you don't have any access to that like where does that Japanese come from so and then that's the thing because when I was looking at all of the articles pertaining to foreign accent syndrome a lot of the times they don't they don't have an association with it that's crazy where it just comes randomly it's like I just I don't know why so some of them are like going to work and like speaking to people and then everybody's looking at them strange and they realize I have a different accent so okay some my brain just like spark right you know they say that we have like doppelgangers right Mm -hmm. like you can go all over the world and you can see somebody that looks like you Mm -hmm. maybe this is just a stretch maybe that doppelganger that doppelganger is you but in a different culture setting right or a part of you so so what if mm, okay. so what if you you know getting a, a I don't want to keep saying the car wreck but what if you bang your head right and you open your mind to that alternate version of you and that alternate version of you goes into your head I know it sounds crazy. No, no, no. I'm, I'm processing what you're saying. Don't, like, cut yourself off. Yeah. I'm processing what you're, you're saying, and I can get that. But I'm thinking also, like, could that be the case with the multiple personality disorder? Or even past lives. Exactly. Yeah. So what if all of that, like, we have, or, you know, you like to talk about dimensions and portals. Oh, different <laughs> like, dimensions. Like that movie we watched. We always mention movies, but everything yeah. all at once. Yes. With, um, what's her name? Mm-hmm. That that movie. That lady was a infinite different people. Like mm-hmm. she was an actress in one movie. She was uh, a, a a Japanese warrior, or Asian warrior in one in one dimension. Like she was these so many different people in these dimensions, and her she hooked up to some device that took her brain to these different dimensions. Listen, though, but wait, like, this is why I feel like the human body or the human experience is so complex. We still haven't been able to figure ourselves out completely. Yeah, we don't know. we have foreign accent syndrome. I mean, yeah, the language syndrome. Yeah. We have multiple personality disorders. We, we There's so many different experiences that people go through it's complex but i don't think it's like a random thing that happened no sometimes people have close to death experiences right and they want to redo how they live when they no. wake up again so instead of like being depressed or you're, you you're not a talkative person you're now fearless and you're overcoming all of your goals no. sometimes i'm like it could not be far-fetched to think that Maybe there is like a different version of you that is from a past life or from a different, you know, space. 
Yeah, I'm I want to change it. I want to change into that that different version of me. That's a freaking billionaire. <laughs> that's what I want. I want to change into that guy. Then you have to be a wolf of Wall Street. Something that I don't know. I got to be that billionaire, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just very interesting how the mind works, and we still have no idea how the mind works. Quick side note: What do you think about um, Elon Musk and his Neuralink situation? I don't know what that is. You so Elon Musk is developing technology that connect. Well, it's like a chip that goes into your brain, and you can access like the whole internet through your your mind without like even speaking. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some advantages for this and some disadvantages. Right. So some of the advantages is that people who are um, Paralyzed, the chip will help them um, communicate. Nah, like regain fu- function of their legs, oh, really? their arms. Oh, I see. So people who are blind, um, he's trying to develop the technology to help them see. But we all know the problem with technology, right? If there's technology, somebody's gonna hack it. If there's a chip attached to your brain, right? Mm, what if okay. somebody hacks you and makes you rob a bank? Makes you do something you were not. Makes willing, you do you something crazy. You know what I mean? But this neuro—I don't know. This is totally different topic. But another positive of the Neuralink is um, you will be able to understand language in real time. So if you go into a different country and somebody is speaking to you. That ship will translate it in real time, and if they have a neural link on there, you can speak to them, and that will translate English to whatever language you know that they're speaking. Interesting. Um, I'm always wary. Like I, I'm, I appreciate technology and the advances that are happening, but sometimes I don't think there are enough studies that are done mm. in order to see the longevity of of the side effects. Right. 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 So. I remember being in London, I was probably about six or seven, and we were watching um, a documentary about cell phones. It was like probably like a small, short clip mm. about, um, was I seven? Maybe a little bit older, nine or ten, I think. But they had a little segment when cell phones had first just come out. They were already out like in the early 90s, but like when Martin, now people Martin. were popularizing yeah. or per, per, like everyone had access to cell phones. But they were saying how, like, that Nokia phone, and they had, like, a whole bunch of teenagers, like, walking around, and they're filming them, like, using yeah, yeah. them. But how this is a popular thing, and it's great, but parents should understand that there are um, serious side effects from always constantly being yeah, on the yeah, phone yeah. and the radiation yeah, yeah. that causes cancer. But it's like there are so many things that they had to say negatively about phones, but everybody right now is dependent on their phone. Mm-hmm. However, we now have people that are getting a lot of illnesses but are we blaming the phones are we blaming the food like what is it could it be the phones that they were talking about maybe 20 minutes 20 years ago when they were creating that segment about phones but nobody's talking about it now because it's making a profit i think it's a gumbo of of a lot of different things right i don't know why how i got to this topic but it's it's the connectivity, right? Because right. you know, cell phones connect us, and oh, right, technology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so if 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 this Neuralink thing goes through, I'm pretty sure if it's affordable, a lot of people will have mm-hmm. it. 
because a lot of people are, you know, for lack of a better term, sheep. But we often enjoy the new things that are coming out. The tech, you want the latest technology, the latest this and that, but we don't really have don't. access. Most of us don't have access to the, you know, what, what, what's going to happen. Like, what is the? I do not want to chip on my of, brain. You know, like what are the side effects of having these things? One of them is hacking. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard in the news that a lot of people are getting electronic sim cards for their phone yeah. but because it's an electronic thing it's no longer a tangible sim it's easier for hackers to hack into your information not only and that everybody has your info like everybody has their whole life on their phone not only that when these new cars would um that mostly you know are ran by computers mm-hmm. if you don't pay your car note on time the uh no. car dealerships can turn <laughs> your car off if you are you know, evading police. Police have access to the computer in your car, and they can turn the car off in mid-chase. So some of these technologies have advanced in different countries. So I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, like, China, but apparently mm. they have everybody on this one, intro, like, one government app mm. where it carries, like, shows your credits. Um, Social credit score. Right, your credit score, but it has everything that has to do with your monetary business yeah. and situation, and it's public knowledge. Yeah. So not only are you classified um, within society or the government, but then like your your information is public. Mm. So that, that kind of hinders your ability to kind of navigate secretly. Everybody knows your business. One thing I was, uh, I think I was listening to a podcast if somebody in China, if somebody, uh, a family member per se, does something um, like a crime or something negative, mm-hmm. just by you being in proximity of that person or hanging out or talking to that person, your social credit score goes down. Is that true? I don't know if it's true, but this is what I heard. Your social credit score goes down. Um, just because you're in proximity, you're basically guilty by association. That's crazy. It's wild. And they're trying to implement that here in America, too. Oh, I think a lot of it is just we're getting very conspiracy and off the off the topic. But a lot of it is about control, man. They They want to control us. But, babe, it already has in ways that we feel like we don't they're, they're not doing it now. So, for instance... Everybody uses a credit score to distinguish whether or not you can get the best house or the worst house. So the yeah. house in one neighborhood where you prefer a different neighborhood. Yeah. So it's like we already have those things, but the idea of it being public knowledge is what's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. There's no sense of privacy. I mean, I think it would be cool if they had like some Google um, earbuds or like some Apple earbuds. Like whenever we travel, let's say we wanted to go to Asia, but... We don't know the language. It'll be yeah. cool just to go out there and like, uh, just communicate with people. You know what I mean? I get that. I get what you're saying. Sometimes I worry that when we no longer are exercising our brains, mm. then we don't have the ability or the strength as humans to actually grasp and learn information and increase our intelligence. You know what messed that up? What? The calculator. <laughs> For it's real. a calculator's fault. The day somebody <laughs> invented the digital calculator was 
That was like the beginning of it. That was the beginning, but also you still have to know how to count or how to create, like, do the formula in your brain before you use your calculator. That's Because if right. you put two plus two equals four, but then you want to figure out what? Look, I'm about to calculate something right now. One million times 20,000. I don't know what that is. Exactly. But. So if you don't know what that is, how are you supposed to put but on still, paper? But still, it, 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 it calculated. <laughs> 2E10, I don't know what that is. I feel algebra. But anyway. Oh, um, have mercy. So, but yeah, I get what you're saying. But it's like, if you had to do um, a word problem in school, you can't do the work on the calculator without understanding what that word problem is telling you to do. Yeah. You don't have to when you, you got can chat. Be telling chat you, this, the different? you don't have to when you got chat GBT. Oh my God. That's so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when you got chat right. GBT, anything is possible. Right. Well, I, I do think there's a lot to be said with foreign accent syndrome. And with it saying that, it's also good for people to use that as a tool or like an example to exercise your brain or mm -hmm. shift the way that your brain is thinking, right? They don't have that ability to do so intentionally. Farnax and syndrome is like you bang your head and then all of a sudden, you know, automatically your your brain has rewired to something else. But now we have a choice as those that have a functioning brain to actually do the work and kind of like learn the process of learning something new mm -hmm. or like being in tune with how to use our brain to kind of like rewire it ourselves manually to be able to learn a new language. I wonder, um, damn, that was a lot. I said a lot. Is it like a specific spot on your head that you have to hit or a specific, <laughs> like, like for real? Like, what if I, I can see you like banging, trying to bang? Yeah, your just bang your head. Like, what if there's like a because there's, there's been some guys out here. Who turned into savants like they don't know anything about mathematics or they didn't have one creative bone in their body, but they bang their head or something crazy happens and all of a sudden they can do astrophysics and shit like that. Like what what one spot like is this spot right here for astrophysics and this spot right here for language? I, just, I language? recommend like, that you just don't try it, Philip. Okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, shit, I don't know. All right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. Do you have anything else to say? That's all I got for you. Your brain is a crazy.